It's Wednesday, everybody, and that means we are back with our weekly show. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey, everybody, where we are taking a massive dive into what's going on with the New York Islanders. The Rangers are playing the Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights this weekend, and uh, maybe we'll even have some All-Star Game Chats. So let me start with this. I'm your host, Mark Williams, and... I'm joined by the host of the final buzzer, Mr. John Volkowski. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Not only is it Big Apple Hockey, but it's AEW Dynamite tonight. So, um, Royal Rumble, actually, for wrestling fans this Saturday. So, that's going to be uh, an attraction this weekend. Plus, we got uh, NFC, uh, AFC Championship Games. So, it's going to be a good weekend in sports. And, of course... Mr. Anthony Larocco, I don't have a way to introduce you right now. How am I going to spice this up, Anthony? Well, still mourning the loss of the the Buffalo Bills. Um, I that, that game has has left me uh, has left me sour. You know, snowing uh, like the Bills have this advantage, and they could not stop the Cincinnati defense for if their life depended on it. Very disappointing. Very disappointing game there, Mark. I got to tell you, Anthony, I thought that definitely the Bills were just going to run rough shot over them, especially with the snowy field. And it was actually the other way around. It was Bengals that ran all over them. So hard yeah. to believe it on that. But we have got a limited show today or well, a limited amount of time. So we're going to get right to it. And we're going to have to start with a video you probably saw earlier in the year, but now it's flipped. Well, then get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit, so it's together. And if you gotta take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know? Take it to the shit store and sell it. Or, or put it in a shit museum, I don't care what you do. You just gotta get it together. Get your shit together. Because that's what they're gonna have to do right now, Anthony. And you go through what they did last week, uh, 0-3-1. and The OT lost to the Buffalo Sabres, which will be a mark on the road coming out this week. This was the Ryan Miller banner that was up for that. Uh, right now, they're sitting at six with 51 points. Their goal differential has just completely evaporated, and they said five points behind Washington for the final playoff spot. Anthony Islanders won six and three in their last 10. And I'm going to show the stats right now of, of the troubles that they're in, but they can get healthy as early as tonight, right? I already told you, it was, they got healthy. Well, no, no, the figurative healthy. <clears throat> I know Pellet came back. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even gonna talk about, you know, what their their record is right now in the last week and and what they've and what they've done. Um, it's gonna go right into it. I mean, earlier in the year they they were playing really good hockey. I mean, they were second in the Metro there for a while, um, third, and then eventually wild card. Now you see where they are now, but. Um, this is just this is just regressing to the means. I mean, I, I know we'll talk about Lou a little later, so I'm, I'm try I'll try not to touch on that aspect of it right now. But um, you know, when, when you have a team that was where your GM didn't add to your biggest need, which was scoring at the beginning of the year, when you have a situation where you know Kyle Palmieri has missed missed 27 games and. You know, even though he's not the same player he was when he was on the Devils, you know, he's still a guy with a good shot and can score 20 goals. And Oliver Wallstrom, when you take those guys out of the lineup, it compounds their inability to score even more. 
Um, <clears throat> so then when you have a situation like Brock Nelson, which we've all praised, still, still a fantastic player, but you know, he went 14 games without a goal. So when your best goal scorer goes that long without scoring and you already have trouble scoring, um, it's gonna it's gonna lead to losses. And you know, their their roster, um, you know, they're they're built for the playoff game, they're built to grind. They got so many players who play a similar role, you know, Pajot and and Fashing and Holmstrom and Sezikis and Clutterbuck, Martin, you know, all these all these players who check hard and chip in occasionally but not again it goes back to not enough scores and it puts so much pressure on Matt Barzell and Brock Nelson to produce um and when they don't <clears throat> and like I said you, you then you you already have guys like Wallstrom and Palmieri out of the lineup it just hurts the team so much more and then and then don't get me started on the fact that Anthony Bovillier and Josh Bailey are are ghosts I mean they they literally they literally give you nothing um you know, Bailey, I've come to expect, I've come to expect it, but Bovillier disappoints me a little bit. You know, this is a guy who's young and has already hit 20 goals before in his career. And he drives you insane because you see him, he skates really well. He could stick handle and he could shoot, but he just goes through stretches where he does, where he does absolutely nothing. So when, when you take all this and you combine it, you get what you see right now. Um, and it's unfair to Ilya Sorokin. Completely unfair. They leave they leave him out to dry um, consistently. That game against Buffalo, and he stood on his head. I don't know if you saw this, but um, apparently Noah Dobson is a game time decision. Yeah, he didn't play last game either. Yeah, he, he tweaked something. <clears throat> oh, okay. That's that's why that's why Samuel Boldick uh, made his NHL de- NHL debut against Toronto, but. Um, yeah, I know. As I was saying, they left him out to dry against Buffalo in that game against Toronto. Uh, Lou actually touched on it in his presser that today three of the goals were breakaway goals, and that doesn't even consider the the penalty shot save he made on Michael Bunting. So they're completely leaving him out to dry. Um, really, one of their only bright spots. Um, and you know, listen, we're not professionals, we're not in the locker room, but we all play hockey and have enough knowledge of the game where I think we could all agree what's going on right now and. When you're in a major funk like them, you're very fragile. You are fragile, mm-hmm. and the game against Toronto, you saw it. You know They're up 2-1. Toronto makes it 2-2. Once that team scores that go-ahead goal on them or they, get, or they fall behind, you see it in their game. They get dejected, and that's the way things go when nothing's going right because you're, you're, so, you're so negative, you're so downtrodden that <clears throat> it's, it's, it's hard to play. They desperately need something to go in their favor take it one game at a time to start feeling good about themselves again. Um, and that's a win. And that's a win in Ottawa tonight. Uh, you know, you referenced five points behind Pittsburgh and Washington. Um, I mean, not insurmountable, especially with the amount of time that there's left in the season. And then when you consider, you know, Pittsburgh's five, seven and three in their last, what, 15 games, you know, mm-hmm. Florida is a joke right now. Bobrovsky sucks as it is. And Alex Lyon and Spencer Knight, their oh. options right now they're not, they're not good they're not good either buffalo's a juggernaut offensively but craig anderson is their best is the best they got in goal right now so the islanders have an invitation to get back into a playoff spot but they're not taking it right now and something needs to change and it needs to start tonight and by the way just to say two things real quick that sorokin save that was on the penalty shot he was almost like saying get that crap out of here like he, he was so confident when he made that save. And also, I got to share this um, comment. As Lou met the media today, Lou has pointed the f- one finger, and that was the thumb. He said, this is on me. 
And we'll go into some other quotes that he said later on. But, Phil, what can the Islanders do to get this going again? <laughs> you need Oliver Wallstrom back, and you need him producing. You need him to take that next step, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, is Brock Nelson really just a one-year wonder? I mean, that's what we're – you got to be wondering right now if you're an Islander fan. I mean, he's got a great shot, but he never produced a 30-goal or 40-goal pace before this year. He was always a 20-25 goal guy, which is fine. Just a, a good player, you know. But Brock Nelson just hasn't been the Brock Nelson of last year this year. And, and again, that, that could just be a career year for him and, you know, a combination of things going right. Um. But Oliver Wallstrom needs to get back. Kyle Palmieri needs to actually start earning his damn contract once he gets back, too. Uh, I mean, he's he, – you want to talk about ghosts? That guy wasn't really there when he was healthy. I mean, you, you can't you can't honestly say as an Islander fan that you're happy with that contract and the way that he's played during it. So um, you need more from those two. Uh, Anders Lee has been good. And I've got to give him credit because that's a guy that I thought would never score 30 goals again after John Tavares left because the fit was just so good. But it looks like Anders Lee could actually score 30 goals this year. So um, good on Anders Lee for stepping up and being a leader. But I think a lot of people need to take charge and take notes from what he's doing and apply it to their game. Like you can't have Zach Parise being one of your better forwards. Hudson Fashing, great story, but – really that that's a guy that's supposed to come in and help save your bottom six. I mean, that that's, I mean, as well as he played, it's, it's not good. And we talked about depth and now, now the depth isn't producing the way that it was earlier on in the year. And now things are starting to fall apart with the Islanders. But my biggest question is, is that the Rangers figured out how to adjust last year to Gallant's system somewhere around, you would say November, December, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that. So why are the Islanders still having so much trouble adjusting to Lane Lambert? And it's January, almost February now. To me, that's a major concern because that might not just be a system adjustment thing. That might be personnel. And you know what, Lou? Good on him for actually pointing the finger at himself and, and taking the blame for it. But now it's your turn to step up and go actually make a big move to help this team out if you want to make the playoffs. Because if if, you, if that's not your plan, then start selling things off. Start start getting something for Scott Mayfield because you, you'd get a bidding more for Scott Mayfield. Teams would line up left and right for a guy like that, a big, mobile, tough guy who could take on 20-plus minutes a night. Um, and for no money. And for no money, too. So there, there, there's no retention necessary I mean, if you wanted to retain on him, you could, but it would be such a small amount. Um, Zach Parise would probably be of interest to teams too if you wanted to leave the island and go for you know a Stanley Cup somewhere. Uh, I mean, it, but again, I, and I'm not saying they should sell, but if you're not going to go and make that move and you're not going to commit and you're not actually going to jump into the pool instead of just dipping your foot into it and then running away because the water's too cold, then you know, maybe you should think about improving the future of this team. Well, there's a couple other things. It's since December 10th, and I put that line of demarcation in there because their goals per, uh, per game have gone way down. Uh, this is what they are since December uh, December 10th. 
goals against has gone up. Now, part of that has to do with Adam Pellick being injured. But their power play, you can't have a power play running at 5.4% and be a contending team. That's just not going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. And Anthony's right. He's been beating his drum about this. Ilya Sorokin's keeping the Islanders alive in, in this playoff run. The fact that they're only five points behind the Washington Capitals right now is a testament to how good of a job he's done. Now, again, Lou saying this is on me, uh, great on Lou. Maybe he just took the lightning rod and put it on him and maybe off the team. Maybe that helps. But Andrew Gross also had a tweet a couple, like about a week ago, about all the different line combinations Matt Barzell has had in the last month. It's as much as they need to get him going. They also need to get him some consistency. It's so difficult right now. And yes, again, I use the term getting healthy again, but you got Ottawa coming up tonight. You got uh, Detroit and then Vegas coming up. Detroit's got three games in hand. They're only three points behind the Islanders. That is a huge game, an absolutely huge game. Buffalo Sabres are coming up from behind them now. The Islanders needed to close out that game and win. And that's, the, you know, what's worrying me, Anthony, they're blowing third period leads. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, they don't, they don't have, they don't have any confidence right now. So when something, you know, when something goes wrong, I think it's a, you know, here we go again mentality. Um, and they, you know, just essentially, you know, they essentially fold. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, again, I um, they they need if they're going to serious about getting back into playoff contention here. You know, uh, puck yeah, six out of eight, six out of the next eight against non-playoff teams. They have to start. They have to start winning some hockey games. Um, you know, and then I guess you know Lou is going to have to determine whether or not he sees enough progress to where you know he's going to try to you know make a move to help him out. But um, you know, as I referenced, the door is open to get back in it. None, none of the teams ahead of him are really scary right now because they have a lot of serious flaws pittsburgh and florida especially um you know tristan jari came back and now he's out again they recalled they recalled dustin Tokarski. um i mean florida hung a six up six spot up on them and the only reason they won was because florida was just as bad defensively and in goals so um you know it's 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 there it's there for the taking if they can clean up their game and start scoring some goals uh but again you know the the time isn't on their side they, they're gonna have to start doing it now uh get these four points before the all-star break and you know hopefully you can get this deficit down to you know one or, or two from five so that should be the objective right now all right and going across the going across the river right to the rangers and the garden they'll be taking on the well they were one and one in the last week the week of coverage that we had they lost to the bruins and they beat the panthers Rangers right now sit in third place in the Metro Division, 59 points, 26 goals. Uh, sorry, uh, plus 26 goal differential. And they called up prospect Will Cooley tonight. Now, by the way, we were talking about the Islanders and their goals and their offensive problems. The Rangers are only six goals ahead of them in goal score this season. So the Rangers have an offensive problem as well. Philk, are the Rangers ready for the Leafs and the Golden Knights this week? Uh, you know what? This is a weird question to ask because it, it, I don't think these either of these teams are scary mm-hmm. per se. 
I mean, Toronto, we've seen them have trouble with teams. I know they, they just came back on the Islanders the other night, but I mean. And Toronto's it, had trouble with Montreal. Toronto had trouble with, yeah, I was about to say, Toronto had trouble with Montreal. So to- Toronto is a very inconsistent team. Um, I mean, do they have good players? Yeah, but I mean, I, I they're as a, as a whole, they're really inconsistent. The Golden Knights are a team, you know, that that's pretty good, but uh, they just lost to the Devils. The Rangers could beat the Devils. I, I think the Rangers could beat either of these two teams. So, um, I, again, I, I think they are quote unquote ready. I do think they have some problems to fix. You, you definitely need to fix, you know, the lack of offense, which is weird because they exploded for five against uh, Florida, which was interesting. And then um, you, you, that, that power play, I mean, it kind of, it had a nice goal. Mika Zibanejad had a nice power play goal the other night, but the, the power play is speaking of bad power plays, a Rangers power play is right there with him. They're yeah. operating at 11% since the December 10th. And, and they're, I think maybe 17th in the league uh, overall. And this is just not a good power play overall. They need to start changing things up. Like I've said, um, something uh, something about the configuration has to change. And for me, I see two net front presences. I see Chris Kreider and I see Vinny Trocek and I see redundancy. Why do you have two net front presences? Mm-hmm. The point of a power play is you're supposed to get the box to open up because you want those cross-seam passes because everybody knows the Rangers love that cross-seam pass. And you're not going to open up a cross-seam pass by having two players in the slot. You have a net front guy, and then you have a bumper. And then Chris Kreider sometimes goes behind the net at, or off to the side of the net for a deflection. Uh, it's something about the mentality of this power play has to change completely. So, uh, And uh, just really quick, what does Will Cooley bring to the lineup? I think Will Cooley brings something sort of like a Tom Wilson type. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be as effective as Tom Wilson, but he plays a very similar type game. And I know that's something that's been harped on since he was drafted because that's what he gave as a comparable, but it, it is pretty true. He's got some skill. He's well, definitely he got some skill, some size, and some snarl. Three S's in, in spades. So. He definitely can't do less than Sammy Blay did. Anthony? No, he's going to give you more than Sammy Blay. He's going to give you physicality. He's got the size to go along with it. Um, I think if all goes well, I think they might have just found a permanent bottom six forward for the rest of this year. Which is going to be critical for them because they need to get that up. Anthony, your thoughts on the Rangers right now? Uh, they're they're going up against some of the better teams in the league and then right before the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, Toronto is the fourth best team in the league. Um, you know, they're – I mean, they, they typically always do this during the regular season. We know what happens in the playoffs. Um, but right, for right now, I wouldn't, you know – I wouldn't discount them. I mean, it is going to be a good test for the Rangers. Uh, the Maple Leafs could score goals. Um, they're getting okay goaltending from Samsonov and, and Murray. Um, so they're, they're getting by. Um, they're still, you know, obviously they're not they're not the Bruins or, or the Hurricanes, in my opinion, even though they have the same amount of points as the Hurricanes. I still put them in a different category. But um, they're a good team, and it's going to present a tough test for the Rangers. You know, they just – the Rangers beat a, a Panthers team that – is meh um and you know they a couple what was a week or two a week ago or so they lost the canadians 2-1 so 
Um, yeah. The Rangers, the Rangers, so they're playing two good teams here, and we'll see how they match up against them. I mean, the Rangers are are for my for my money, you know, I would say probably, you know, the third or fourth best team in the in the East right now. Um, and you know, I, I think the Rangers they're they're being carried by Panarin's Benajad, as we know. Adam Fox is playing outstanding, making a case for the Norris Trophy. Um, yeah, no. What? They they are not being carried by Artemi Panarin. I can tell you that right now because he is not playing well. Production wise, point yeah, I, away from the puck. Production wise, he's the overall game just well. isn't there, and the numbers are very deceptive. That's that. That's fair. That's fair. It's just I guess my point is that he's consistently puts up points for the Rangers, which translates to the scoreboard. You know, more than often than not, you know, when he's scoring at the clip he's scoring at. They're going to win hockey games. Um, that's what elite players do, and he's an elite player in this league. Um, and I, they, they just need more secondary, like a lot of other teams in the league. They need more secondary secondary scoring. Um, yeah. If they if they were to add another another piece like that at the trade deadline, I I think that could go leaps and bounds. Because for my money right now, there's only two teams in the East that I, that I think could realistically win the cup. That's Boston and Carolina. As of right now, how everyone else is constructed. I don't. I think they'd have a hard time getting past those two teams. But that's what the trade deadline's for. You you make your last ditch attempt to get better and you know and see if you can go all the way. Um, but you know they're still in a great position. They're third in the Metro. Um, they're not in really any danger of of really falling too far below that. I mean, the, you know the Capitals are fifty six points, so only a couple of points behind. But um, the Rangers should probably be in that three spot, maybe two spot. So I think that's where they're going to ultimately land. It's just a matter of maintaining the level of hockey they're playing at to keep themselves there. And uh, in true fashion, Gerard Gallant just had his uh, press availability, and he threw out this wonderful nugget. When they were asking about playing time for the younger players, he said, I'm not going to reduce the playing time of uh, my stars for the lack for the, for the lack of playing time of the younger players. And – I, I kind of got into it a little bit. Well, I had a conversation with people because I, I don't like I don't like really fight with people about this. No, Jordan, that's your job. You've got to develop these players, and that's part of the problem. That's one reason why secondary scoring is so far down. One reason why Alexei Lafreniere's confidence is in the absolute gutter. I mean, this is it's it's not it's 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 not a smart thing to just play five guys twenty minutes a game and then the rest of your team twelve. It just, it's, it's not going to work on that. And um, by the way, uh, that Austin Matthews goal last uh, on Monday night versus the Islanders. Oof. That was an absolute dagger. He just took the puck, went right in and just beat Sorokin. And it's, if the Rangers are seeing that Austin Matthews tonight, they're going to have a lot that they're going to have to handle. Phil, final word on tonight. I, I think they're ready, and they, they've been playing well. Um, they just need to get off to a fast start. And, you know, at the last time they played Toronto, they <laughs> won that game. And uh, Jimmy VC had himself a little bit of a night. I want to see more of those garbage goals, and I want to see less perimeter play from this team. So, hopefully, Yeah, there's uh, going to have to be a lot more of those, those type of – hardworking goals as we've talked about because after all if you're not scoring goals you either got to work really hard or just get one and get your confidence back all right everybody so what do you think about the islanders the rangers this week make sure you throw it all down in the comments below make sure you are also liking subscribing and hitting the bell 
you got to appease the YouTube gods. That's what they'll always tell us. Nope, that's the end of that finger. Uh, don't I don't want to see that finger again. Um, all right. So let's go to the bar talk, guys. There is no B block today. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. All right. Well, Anthony's going to have another easy one to, that he's going to answer in a second. But whenever we can, always, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're buying everybody around? So, so, I'll just take a beer or, oh, my goodness, just give me a shot. All right. Play along down in the comments below. And uh, Filk, there's only been one Russian goalie to score a goal in the NHL. Who is it? Evgeny Nabokov. That is correct. Evgeny Nabokov, the former New York Islander, uh, scored a goal when he was a San Jose Shark. And the Rangers got a Russian goalie that likes to shoot for the empty net and just missed this week. Igor Sesterkin will score 1.5 goals in his NHL career. So basically you're saying he'll score two or more. Correct. Balls to the wall on this one. I'm buying around. Oh. All right. I think he's going to do it. I, 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 he's already come this close twice in his first two full seasons. So um, I, I think he's going to score twice in his career. Anthony. I mean, I, I don't know. He's yeah. He he shoot the puck well in his empty net. I mean, he's he's good. Obviously, he's going to play for a very long time. So I'm sure he's going to get many opportunities. But I I don't know. I mean, how many goalies? It's very rare a goalie scores goals. It's uh, go either way. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't come up with like you know Rangers should add Timo Meyer because I know that's been rumored. This is the best you got. I'm going to well, go. Heel. We're going to get that anyway in the Q and A. And I'm, gonna go I, heel. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Timo Meyer. I'm going to go heel on you. I'm going to go heel on you right now, Mark. This is this is stupid. It's dumb. Yeah, Igor shoots the puck well. Congratulations. I'm sure I'll probably score a goal, or maybe he won't. He's a goalie for all for Christ's sakes. Goalies don't score often. Let's move on. Okay, so shot. <laughs> Uh, beer, there it is. I, 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 I don't know. Beer, he could. Why you might as well put five? Maybe you score five. <laughs> I, I <don't> know. <laughs> All right, I got 16 seconds just to say he shoots the puck better than any goalie I think I, may, I might have ever seen, including Marty Brodeur. Brodeur's only got one, but you know something? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna buy around because they pull the goalies at like nine minutes remaining, like they did this week. All That's right, Anthony, I've ever seen that. Yeah, geez. We all thought Patrick Waugh was crazy doing it like four minutes left back in like 2014. Yeah, or even like five minutes, but still. All right. These are the wild card standings right now. Florida with 52 points. The Islanders with 51. And Washington having the second wild card right there. <clears throat> the New York Islanders GM, Lou Lamarill, said today, if I can make the team better, I will always make a trade to make it better. Anthony, I ah! thought he was going to break out into, uh, hey, Jude. When he was saying that, because he was even saying, well, make it better, make it better. All right. So, Anthony, the Islanders need to make a deal now to save their season. Alou sucks. I mean, he's the guy sucks. He's he's I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the guy. Uh, 
smartest guy in the room attitude, similar to Gar Snow. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, all right, sure. So the, the conundrum that they're in right now is um, I don't want him moving assets like Ratu or Dufour or, or Boldick first round picks for kind of a situation where maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't. So it can't, it can't be for a rental at, at, at this point. It would be different if they were solidified in a playoff spot. However, with that said, I got like Timo Meyer, who is going to be a restricted free agent. Um, you know, that was what, 26 years old, I believe he is. 26, that, would still, yeah. that would still fit in with their core of Sorokin and Dobson and Pellick and Barzell. So that move still makes sense. So sure, if he, if he go out there and make a move like that, or a Jacob Chickering who's under contract, then, then yeah, you know, round. But I, I don't want him going, spending, you know, assets on a guy like Bo Horvat right now or or Andre Kuzmenko, guys that could be unrestricted free agents, unless, unless of course, he knows he could, you know, follow that up with an extension. So, yeah, they, I mean, if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to need to add and they're going to need to start winning, but it needs to be the right situation. He can't just go give up Ratu, Boldick, and a first for – you know, for Bo Horvat, and then just hope that he could resign. Oh, and Anthony, my apologies. You were on fire with that one, and we got these brand new things to throw in there. I, I, I should have thrown that in there. That was actually perfect for that, Filk. Um, I'm gonna say beer, but it's before the the reasons that basically, Anthony. Listen, I don't really have anything else I could say other than that that point, like. You, you need to make a deal, but, you, I mean, at the same time, if he goes and, and gives up any of his assets, you know, what is he going to have left at that point? So, for, for me, that that's that's the quarry here is just you're, you're, you're looking at a, a barren farm system that really has three assets that you can really think of, four if you want to count Holmstrom, but, I mean – you move any of those assets, what do you have going forward? And then if you move those assets, you want to move it for a young guy who's going to be under team control for a while or someone who's at least going to be around for a few years that's relatively younger. And none of those guys are really available sans Meyer. So I'm I'm just going to say beer here. Uh, I'm going to say beer too. They can probably wait a little bit longer. We were talking about their uh, points deficit right now. It's not the end of the world to wait a little bit longer for them, but to, uh, I mean, they're, they're going to have to do something and do something soon enough. They got to get goals on that team. And hopefully you know, yeah, the guys wake up and they don't have to trade anything until trade deadline. All right, guys, if you watched the, the, the New Jersey game last night on ESPN plus, you would have heard PK Subban shouting on the Hilltops, Jack Hughes, is an MVP finalist. He says it over and over again. You look at those numbers right there. So I ask you guys this. Jack Hughes is an, is a Hart Trophy finalist. And you know something? I'm going to go beer on this. And the reason why I'm going to go beer is because, you know, you look at a lot of the guys like Tage Thompson, as much as I say he's my MVP, he's also out of the playoffs. Jack Hughes is, is right in the mix. 60 points is nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, unless you're Connor McDavid, he passed 60 points in November. And um, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm going to go beer on him. Anthony. So McDavid, 
Thompson, those are those are the top two for me for sure. Um, the third, I mean, Hughes, Jason Robertson, it's close. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll go round just because I, I I don't know if I could definitely pick Robertson over Hughes or Hughes over Robertson, but either way, I mean, Jack Hughes is a phenomenal player. I mean, you take him off that Jersey team. I'm sure they still got pieces like he you know, Brat that are, that are, you know, playing really well for him, but he's their motor that drives the team. Phil. I'm going to say beer. The only reason why is because I don't know if I could really put him ahead of Robertson at this point, because Dallas, they would compete, but they probably wouldn't be a playoff team without Robertson. And I know that Hughes would be uh, – Hughes not on Jersey would have Jersey as a cellar dweller, and I, and I get that there is a difference there, but I, I, I just – I don't know. I, I just think that Robertson, he's just playing at, at another level right now, and I know Hughes is getting close to that, but – I'm going to say beer because it's, it's really, really, really close to me. Yeah, I mean, and this is why they don't decide it now. They wait until the end of the year. Somebody could always pull what I like to call the Chipper Jones. Basically show up the last month of the year and just show that he's the MVP. So, guys, last Thursday night, um, Steven Samko scored his 500th career goal versus the Vancouver Canucks. So I got to ask you guys this. Steven Stamkos is the greatest player ever in Lightning history. Phil, I'm going to start with you. I mean, he has all the statistics. I get that. But if you're, if you're talking about impact and value and then just like being the player or being the man at the time, I'm, I'm still going with Marty Sandler. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say beer. I'm not going to say shot just because there is an argument for it. But Marty San Louis had two different or he had a 100 point season with Tampa. He had a Hart trophy um, and Art Ross winning season. He has two Art Rosses actually and you know one of them he got while playing with Stephen Stamkos later on in his career. but I, I get it why you would say Stephen Stamkos would be that guy. but I, to me I'm just it's always going to be Marty San Louis for me unless. Stamkos has like 700 goals by the end of his career or something like that. And uh, then, yeah. But again, I, I just preference for me, I say St. Louis. Anthony. It's close between him and St. Louis. I mean, as Phil mentioned, Stamkos has got the numbers. He's got the two cups. Um, you know, he's their captain. He's beloved down there. Uh, he, you know, he could have left um, the greener pastures of Toronto. Um, heavily courted, but he opted to go back to Tampa. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, this is this, I mean, this is close. Uh, this is close. Um, so I honestly, I can go, I can go either way on it, but I'll stay in the middle. Beer, uh, I'm gonna have to join you guys because I'll, you guys have already made the case for Marty St. Louis and Stamco has even has the 60 goal season. Uh, he's got the two cups he's been the captain he's got that moment that he got the goal in like his only shift in the first stanley cup run but i'm gonna throw one more out of you is he even the best lightning player on his own team right now because you can make a good argument for headman and you can make a big argument for vasilevsky uh, the way he's going you can make one for kucherov too 
Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Here, so so look look at it this way. So all the other guys you've looked at on this team, has Stamkos won any other major individual award aside from a co-rocket Richard? No. Uh, no. No, he doesn't have an MVP, doesn't have a Pearson, doesn't have anything like that. Hedman has a Norris trophy. Widely considered the best defenseman in the world for a while. Mm-hmm. Kucherov has a heart and a um, Art Ross. Art Ross from 2019. Vasilevsky has a Vezina. San Luis has two Art Rosses and a heart. I mean, I, it's, it's I, for me, Stamkos is the guy that has been there the longest and the most consistent of, of them all. So mm-hmm. that that's that's why he gets this, but um, yeah. But I do when I think of Lightning, I think of Marty St. Louis. So do I. Yeah. There you go, Anthony. I already answered the question. Oh, I know, I know. I was asking if you were just right on that one. Uh, if when you think of the Lightning, you think of one player. What do you think of? Uh, Alexander Alexander Selovanov. <laughs> Roman Hammerlick, yeah, Rob yeah. Zondner, hey, Roman <laughs> Hammerlick. You know that was their that was the first overall draft pick. Point season in 1996, yeah. Roman Hammerlick. We Ryan all thought Bradley. it was going to be the next yeah, North I mean, Those are the guys. Those are guys I think. Of. <laughs> all right. By the way, guys, hottest team in the NHL right now. No surprise that it is the Colorado Avalanche. They've won six in a row. They are now in a playoff position. The Colorado Avalanche will be in a playoff spot the rest of the season. Anthony. Um, I'll go round. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, as we all know, they were kind of decimated with injuries there for a while. Um, and then you throw kind of like the cup hangover on top of that. Uh, and similar to the Lightning now, just to a lesser degree, they they know what it takes to get there. They're talented enough to – where they can kind of just flip the switch when it matters. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they'll be there. They got they got too much talent now too. And eventually, you know, guys like Gabe Landeskog, um, I think he'll be back at some point, and that will be a big boost for them. Um, I, I'm not, and also too, the trade deadline is going to come around, um, and you know that they're going to do they're going to do something to bolster our lineup. So I'm not really concerned about the avalanche. Phil. I'm going to buy around on this. And the reason for that being is I think that they've got, they've got their health figured out for the most part. Everybody's back. Um, I, I, Landis, I mean, Landis is really the one injury that they haven't gotten over yet. He'll be back sooner than later. Um, McCarr is not producing the same rate as McCarr was producing last year. Same. Really By the way, cool. thank you for my fantasy team. Yeah. So um, their goaltending is really what I worry about. But I, again, I think that they're going to go make another move because I think they know that they could make another move and probably end up winning it all because they want it with a with Darcy Kemper being just meh last year. So maybe they can win with Alexander Georgiev and net. So um, I, I think they're going to go ahead and they're going to they're going to be fine. I'm going to say round. 
Uh, I'm going to say beer, and you hit the nail on the head. The only reason why I'm going to say beer. They might drop out. They might get back in, but that'll still count as them dropping out in my mind. I, so, I, think, uh, I think there's two players on the Blues that would suit them well, either reacquiring Ryan O'Reilly or Tarasenko. I think either of those guys would be great fits for the Avalanche. Hmm. Oof. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's, that's a nice little – It's uh, right into the second line. Center Ryan yeah. O'Reilly. Yeah. But um, uh, but again, I'm I'm not a I'm not a believer in Alexander Georgiev, and if Francois is not up to the task, where's their wh- what are they doing in net? At least at least Darcy Kemper was still pretty consistent for them last year. Georgiev, you don't know who you're getting from one day to the next, and I know his he had a 9.30 save percentage uh, two months ago, and he's down in the 9.15 area right now. I think it was 9.14. But again, you know, when you play for a team like the Avalanche, as long as your goaltender is giving you a nine fifteen, that's that's workable. You you don't you don't need a you know a, a hella buck and goal for the Avalanche to to repeat and win a cup. Which is true, Anthony. But I just think he's also been a guy that always it just it, it, when he gets going bad, it goes bad. I, I know. I know you got back up to a nine eighteen right now. You, you don't like him because he was a ranger. But take take your ranger glasses off and take Gorgie out of the equation. He doesn't play for the ranger. Plays for the Avalanche, different team. <laughs> he 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 suits them well enough where they can still win with Gorgiev and goal. They're a different team. I well, wonder about him mentally because he doesn't have the playoff experience. You're talking that's true, about yeah. taking him away from the Rangers. He doesn't have that playoff experience. Playoff experience. That that see that's a valid argument. His playoff experience, because um, I mean every goalie reacts differently when it comes to high, more high stake situations. But again, I think I think they can. They're not my pick to repeat, but I think they can. I don't think he's going to hold them back. I just don't think he's he's consistent enough to do it. Yeah, now you're going to ask him to go into the playoffs and win you 16 games. And for, for me, I just don't know if he can do that. And yes, his two six two goals against is is the best save percent or, or is the best goals against. His save percentage of nine eighteen ties his career best. But I I don't know how he fares come playoff time against better teams and having to do it every night. Because so far, he really hasn't been that great every night for Colorado. And the one, uh, sorry, two games that he played for the Rangers last year, he didn't look great. The, the game-winning goal in game three was absolutely abysmal. So, yeah, is it is it something that can be fixed and Colorado's uh, can support him? Great. I hope so. But, Colin Byron's coming back soon, too, I believe. Yeah, they're just getting all sorts of healthy. But you know who's not coming back, guys? Bruce Boudreaux. The Vancouver Canucks fired him and hired Rick Tockett. And also, we'll get to that little nugget you had on uh, sent in our group chat too, Phil. But my, first, my last question is, the Canucks handled their coaching change the right way. Boys, I'll, I'll start this one, and I might as well. Get the damn layup gif out. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I got this one for you. Because, again, how Jim Rutherford, seriously, you let him twist in the wind for days. He has to come out and say, Oh, uh, well, I'm I'm still here. That's it. No, this is a, definitely a shot. Uh, just, I mean, what is Rutherford doing? And and I can't even find it right now. I'm so annoyed. But I mean, 
I mean, look, Tockett it might be a good coach and might be the right guy for the job, which I hope he is. But but Boudreaux, I mean, he deserves more respect than what he was given the last month. So, Anthony, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was bizarre is one way to put it, how they handled it. Um, wrong, distasteful. I mean, you can go reprehensible. You can go, you can go on and on. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know why they did that to him. I mean, it was so – it's not something you – usually your, your team makes a coaching change, and then you find a coach. The fact that they already, like, had it publicized that Tockett was going to be his eventual replacement um, and just have him wonder, well, you know, is it going to be now? Is it going to be now? You know, before – I think the day or two before he got fired, he even a little fun with it. It was reported that he wasn't on the ice for practice, and later on he kind of said, gotcha, like, when they talked to him. Like, you know, it was just so – they're wrong for a guy from all counts is a really good person. Um, you saw how choked up he got in his last couple of days. Um, you know, the fans with the Bruce, there it is in his last game. Um, I think really, I don't know how many players on the Canucks will admit it uh, vocally, you know, but I, I would imagine a lot of them probably do not like how it was handled at all. Um, but you know, he he's he handled it with class. He never, you know, he never kind of fired back. Um, and I, I, you know, know for sure that he'll get another coaching job at some point. Um, but yeah, shame on Jim Rutherford and the and the Canucks organization for the way they handled it because you know he he's not the Canucks problem. The Canucks problem falls squarely on Jim Rutherford for his roster construction and some of the choices he made. And Bruce Boudreau shouldn't have had to pull the sword for it. Yeah, yeah. And Phil, well, here's your easy button. Go ahead. Yeah, there's yeah. Where's my layup gif? Um, so yeah, this is. Absolutely a shot. Um, I know a team that plays in a big city that has a bunch of players that aren't producing to where they should offensively. Um, starts with an N and <laughs> it ends with an S. There's also a Y somewhere in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The New York Rangers. Yeah. They could use a guy like Bruce Boudreau because Gerard Gallant, whatever the hell he's doing with this offense is just, it needs to be a lot better. And I'm sure Bruce Boudreaux's decision-making is probably a lot better than Gerard Gallant's. So I'll take him, and Bruce Boudreaux would also fix a terrible power play that the Rangers would have. Getting back to the way that he was handled, um, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've never seen a coach um, toil publicly with the ominous aspect of losing his job. Like what organization does? I've never seen this in any sport, never yeah. in any sport like this. So um, it, to the point where they ha- like, I, I you, you obviously hear, you know, this such and such may be on the hot seat, but never when they have a replacement lined up for them. What are you doing, Rutherford? It was literally you, the sword of Damocles hanging over his head the entire time. Rutherford wins a, a couple of Stanley Cups in Pittsburgh. And then one years ago in Carolina, and he gets to sit there and, and then do this to a coach. Jim Rutherford, you are not a good general manager. You're not a good executive. I don't want to hear any of this crap. And, and you know what's even worse? People oh, are Don't be surprised. Awful. Don't be surprised if Connor Bedard ends up going there. No. I, I, want, I want nothing to do with Connor Bedard going to Vancouver after this treatment. This should be their punishment for the way that they treated Bruce. That that should be karma. And you know what? 
I'm going to say this. I hope the Vancouver fans give Rick Tockett a chance because he deserves it. Because all he's doing is coming in and just trying to do a job and mm-hmm. trying to succeed as an NHL coach. And he's going to unnecessarily get a lot of flack from the Vancouver fan base because he has to be the guy to come in to this shit show, to this garbage, and try to pick up the pieces after the way that this organization completely mistreated Bruce Boudreaux. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Um, I I hope that, you know, for for Rick Tockett's sake, he can get off to a, a good start. I know they beat the Blackhawks in his debut, but, you know, it would be nice. And you know what? You know, it's funny that someone mentions Billy Martin and the Yankees. Uh, Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner had an interesting relationship, but it was never like this. Never like this. So, no, I mean, I'm trying to think of other ones that could have been like this in other sports. Wayne Fonts w- was given that. I think Jim uh, Fossil was given something similar, not really sorted by the Maras, but uh, where it was when he came out. And, and I'm just thinking about him saying, we're going to make the playoffs. Everybody get on the train, you, and then you, they did it. Rutherford blaming Elliot Friedman. With, yeah, what, how is Elliot Friedman getting that information? Let me ask you that. It, it, all right, so if they didn't hire Tockett, okay, then you know what? Maybe it's Friedman just you know stirring up and, and being a fire starter. Okay, but they hired Tockett. So obviously someone in that organization leaked that information to Friedman for a reason. This one's on you, Jim Rutherford. You're trash, absolute trash. Yeah, and I got to agree with you on that one because, like, obviously I agree with that. We're all in agreement on this because how do you let a guy like Bruce Boudreaux, as liked as he is in every NHL circle. Come to New York, Bruce. We'll we'll give Gerard a nice Uber out of New York. And then you can come and take over and help us out (laughs) on offense and with the power play. Oh, no, not again for Gerard Gallant. Everybody, thanks for joining us in the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. We're going to do a quick news and notes and Q&A. Uh, Phil, you had a dandy of a, a note that you sent in to us in our group chat about Elias Patterson. Okay, so about – let me just pull this up because uh, I want to make sure I have the date correct on this. So Michael Russo of The Athletic, who writes for the Minnesota Wilds for The Athletic, this is the interesting part about it. And uh, by the way, I was actually going to mention this because I saw the video on Twitter uh, yesterday. (laughs) Bruce Boudreaux scoring his first NHL goal (laughs) against Jim Rutherford. And I believe that's the Red Wings at that time. Yeah. So Maybe that's why Jim Rutherford had problems with it. Yeah, maybe that's why. Bruce pissed in his Wheaties 50 years ago. Great. Um, so yeah, Michael Russo basically reports that Elias Lindholm is going to want to move on and that there's some behind the scenes stuff that are going to want to make him go elsewhere in the off season. Now, um, I, I know it's weird to hear this from a Minnesota Wait, Elias Lindholm. You said Elias, no, Elias Lindholm. Patterson. Sorry. Did I say Lindholm? All right. Yeah, you said Lindholm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I was thinking Lindholm. I must have just saw it on the screen or something. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Pedersen could end up moving out, and um, if this is true, this is this is crazy. But I wonder if 
any of this has to do with Bruce Boudreaux's um, the handling. And because if, if you're a player and you like you have an attachment to a coach like that, and by all accounts, he was well loved in that locker room from what I've heard. I I mean, I'm only going on hearsay. Um, the players absolutely seem bummed out about it. Uh, so you know what? Maybe it just maybe he was just a scapegoat. And and maybe the players are now pissed about it. So this again, this was found on and I'm just going back to the date. The, um, so the, the the post was on the 13th of January, but the the actual post from Michael Russo was before that, and I, I, it doesn't say the date on air, unfortunately. But this is before Bruce Boudreaux was fired, so that leads to believe that maybe something. Something was, you know, something is linking these two incidents, maybe. And, and if that's the case, that is not good news for Vancouver. But if, I, if I'm a team like the Rangers, I, I'm going and offering Lafreniere and other assets up for Elias Pedersen because he would absolutely help fix a lot of the Rangers' problems. Seven and a half million dollars, I believe, for the this year and next. Uh, or, yeah, for what he's got remaining on that, on that new extension. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe and maybe a change of scenery is what's going to be good for him. Uh, by the way, Anthony is Noah Dobson playing tonight, or is he still out? Uh, Elias Patterson has one more year left on his contract. Yeah, after I'm thinking this year, so look it up on Cap Friendly. Yeah, seven point three five. Um, no, no, Noah Dobson's out again. So who's running the point for the Islanders on the on the power play? Have they mentioned? Well, Ryan Ryan Pollock. And then right. Kyle Palmieri came back, so he he's on power play unit too. But um, honestly, I would I would like to see them give Baldick a, a shot because he's you know when he got recalled, he was the eighth highest scoring defenseman in the AHL. And um, you know if you take a deep dive further into that, out of those seven that are ahead of him, only one is like a prospect like him. Every other defenseman ahead of him were like. More like journeymen. So, um, but you know, Bulldog's been one of the better, you know, young players in defense in the AHL. So I would like to see him see what he's see what he's got. I mean, at this point, there's you know nothing to lose. Might as might as well see what you got in the kid. But yeah, I mean, last week I saw the Islanders use two defensemen on a power play. Yeah, one. it's because it's because of the shorthanded goal that they've been you know that they've let up a decent amount of them, and then I think it was definitely a fallout of the. The shorthanded goal that essentially lost them the game against the uh, against the Wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and that's the that's the danger. A lot. I mean, a lot of teams do it nowadays. But you only put one forward on the power play. You can make yourself, you know, susceptible to shorthanded plays going back the other way. I and I, I gotta say this, as you know, huge wrestling and hockey fan. I absolutely loved that interview because. You, you see Bruce Boudreaux literally starstruck by the fact that Kevin Owens, his favorite wrestler, comes onto the set and Boudreaux can't even like hold himself together. He's he's literally like a kid. <laughs> it's great. So I would love to see Kevin Owens reach out and help his boy out with some WrestleMania tickets if Bruce is not um, swooped up by then. So, well, Bruce is definitely going to be. Um... 
he's going to be going back to NHL Network at the very least. If not, another team is going to come knocking on his door very quickly. Uh, but I, I got to agree with you on that one, Anthony. Just throw Samuel Bulldog on there. They're they're five point three percent on the power play again for the last six weeks. Go ahead, give it a shot. And Noah Dobson was was coming along pretty well. I'm not knocking Noah Dobson in any way. He's he's going to be a good defenseman for the New York Islanders for years. No, Noah Dobson is is great at producing points. He just and he's a young defenseman, so he's he's still you know he's still learning. Um, you know, kind of trying to eliminate the mistakes out of his game defensively. It's just a you know learning curve a learning curve with with young defensemen, it's just, it's just how, it's just how it is. So you have to take the good with the bad, but you know, he's, he's still learning. And I think every, every time, every time he makes a mistake, he learns from it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just hope that these next three games, they got three more games left before the, before the all-star break. So, you know, they, they, I mean, obviously perfect world. He takes six out of six, you get all six points, but I'd say at the very least, you got to get four out of these six here, um, you know, and really and really get yourself back into it. Because um, lose on the hot seat, lose on the hot seat. I mean, I, you guys saw Ledecky's comments last week where he kind of endorsed him, you know, and supported him. But talking from talking from a source, I can tell you that that was just that was just fluff. Um, mm-hmm. Because naturally, the the owners respect him too much because of who he is. And what he's accomplished to, to you know, challenge him in the media, and then have to create the shitstorm of speculation. Oh, you know, Lou didn't get an endorsement. Is he going to be let go? They respect him too much to do all that. So that's why he Ledecky kind of just went with the standard fluff of what he said. You know, I support him and totally trust him, etc. But no, he, he he's certainly on the hot seat, and I think I think he knows it. So I think he might. I think he might be aggressive in making a move if they, you know, start to win a couple of games here. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause by the way, going back to this comment that we have right here, it still shocks me that Ryan Pollock isn't a better defenseman because I, I saw that preseason when it was Barry Trotz first got here. It looked like he was ready to ascend to a, to another level. He's he's a really good defensive defenseman. He has, the, the offense hasn't been there, so it's a little bit shocking to me. Coach the offense right out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Frank also says that the Islanders' power play is slower than a chess match. <laughs> um. All right, uh, Phil. What do you got? Mikey's got right here. What do you think about the Rangers' top line of Panarin, Zibanejad, and Kreider? Yeah, I don't. Know. I think you need to separate those three. I, I it just it, 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 to me it comes down to Artemi Panarin. That's why I had to jump in on Anthony before. Not like I wanted to, you know, show you up or anything like that. But Artemi Panarin's play has just been subpar. And I know he had three assists the other night, but I mean, even that game, like, how did he get three assists in that game? He really wasn't even that good in that game. So for for me, I mean, the 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 pass he made across to Zibanejad was a really nice pass power play. And then the other pass he made for the, I believe the fourth goal was really good, but you're just, you, he has a lot of these games where he gets points and you're just like, really? He, he had that many points in this game. Okay. I just, for me, I think something's gotta, something's gotta change. 
I would love to see Philip Heedle with Artemi Panarin and then Vitaly Kravtsov on that second line and see how that worked. And then have your third line be Trocek, um, maybe Jimmy VC, and then I would say, I don't know, Julian Gauthier or something like that. Then you have your fourth line be uh, Cooley, Goudreau, and then someone else. So, But where do you have Kaka and Lafreniere? Kaka would be on the top line. Or actually, so the third line would be Lafreniere, VC, and then um, Trocek. And then the, the fourth line would be uh, Goudreau, um, Gauthier, and then uh, Cooley. And then Kaka would be back with Zibanejad and Kreider. Because that line, that line has been their best line this mm-hmm. year. I don't understand why he keeps on breaking them up and just not wanting to play Capo Caco there. Like, I don't understand it. I don't – like, it, the, all the the play, the raw stats, the analytics, the eye test, everything tells you that that line has been their best line. Everything. And I don't understand the insistence on going away from it. It just makes zero sense to me. I <laughs> I have – Anthony. You said on the – on Rangers and Islanders, but first, Phil, um, what are your uh, what are your, what are your your thoughts on that right there? Rains almost. Uh, they've been. I mean, this has been going on for like eight years now that they've protected Roman Reigns. Almost nine years. It, it, it just ever since they they blew their shot at the 2014 Royal Rumble. And Roman Reigns was eliminating everybody. The crowd was all over him. They wanted him to win it. And then, you know, Batista ended up winning it. And that was just the worst thing that they could have done. You you could have put Batista in that match without having him win the Royal Rumble. And that was just a bad, bad finish. You could have changed a finish on the fly. Um, and then... And Dave Batista Ford, is Dave Batista? Yes, Dave Batista. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and another one who was a, rec- a wrestler turned actor, and then he's they, actually really good, though. Uh, well, yeah, he is a good actor. I, I think he's done a real good job for himself, and I'm happy for him. I, I like Dave Batista. I don't, I don't again. watch, I don't watch wrestling too much anymore. But I feel like this type of thing has been going on forever. I'm aware, he, like for instance, back in my wheelhouse when I really loved it, like '98 to 2000, like back when like Triple H and The Rock had those rivalries, and The Rock was you know, a huge face and Triple H was a heel. Every time they faced each other, Triple H never beat him clean. He always had some sort of interference from, you know, his wife or, or whatever faction he was in at the time. He never he never beat the rock clean. It was always it was always a cheap win that he would get. So I feel like that's that's been pretty consistent where top heel who's a champion always wins by cheating, essentially. Yeah, it it, it it's be, part of it is because they don't wanna they don't want the baby face to take a clean loss. And I, I, for me, I, I just don't understand the, the booking of, you know, oh, well, you can't have, you know, if they take a clean loss, they take a clean loss. And, and if, if they weren't having a rubber match of some sort or a return match, then okay, I would understand it at that point. Like, or at least one anytime soon. But the way that they book these days is, Oh, well, they just had a match. Oh, they're going to have another one at the next pay-per-view, which is a month later. Oh, then they're going to have another one at the next pay-per-view after that, and that's going to end up being the rubber match. So why don't you just book the loss clean and and make both of your guys look stronger? 
I don't, I, I, and that I don't understand and I never will. I'm just going to read off DP's comment right here real quick. Uh, Toronto has the worst goal song. Hall and Oates, question mark. They don't deserve a Stanley Cup in that in, in that case. So, um, guys, let me ask you this. Anthony, I'll throw it out to you first. You have the choice of a goal song for your team. What would it be? Um, any, like, any goal song? I know, any goal song. I'm trying to think of a, a song right now before it gets around to me. Because one thing I've been doing for the marker on the road sketch is I've been ranking the uh, the goal horns. I mean, and, and I've said this often because like, again, one of my friends said, "You really ranking the goal horns?" Like, well, you know what? The Rangers don't have a great goal horn. They they have a buzzer that goes off. That's it. Like the Allen has got a good old goal horn. Buffalo has a good one. Uh, Chicago had a good one. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles took the Rangers goal horn too. Yeah, for a while. So, but if you could do a goal song, guys, what would you throw it out as? Ooh, that's a good one. That's um. See, so yeah, I'm trying to get one quick because we only have a few more minutes left on the show tonight. Oof. Um. Yeah, Mike's got a good one right here. Hell's bells. Uh, I feel like Hell's bells is more of a um opening face-off type thing especially if you're going to have the opening for it yeah um who uh need to be done away with i don't know Uh, i don't know you need something with a real good chorus because you're going to need the chorus that you need a catchy chorus yeah um walk by pantera is a real good one i i do like that pick yeah um Wow. Oof. I know it's gotta be a good chorus. Uh, and, and you gotta imagine all the, the the lights and everything going off. I should have asked this at a better time instead of like you kind of need more time for this than just on the fly right like that. We're gonna we're gonna figure out something we're gonna figure out something else. Well for some time. We'll I think I'd go, we do this. I think I go turn, turn, turn by the birds. <laughs> That's a real interesting one. I mean, we got something by Tool. That, I mean, Parabola <laughs> could be in there. Uh, Duhas, Duhas, maybe in Germany. In Germany um, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of some Maiden maybe to throw in there. I mean, uh, for the Rangers, you could put like back, uh, you know, New York Groove by Ace Freely. See, that would work perfect. You know, because right it's a catchy, it's, it's a catchy chorus. That's simple that you could jump right into. Um, I mean, for the Islanders, I mean, it sounds a little contrived only because Billy Joel's from Long Island, but we didn't start the fire could be in there. But uh, for those who are about to rock is one. That, that's well, right that's used by Columbus. Yeah. Columbus. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. How much, how much would you hate? How devastating would it be to you if it became Timo time in New Jersey? that's a good question because I, th- I keep saying all the time myself, you know, I wouldn't be devastated because I'm expecting it to happen. I-, I think that's the ideal place that he goes. That's their next step. I got to look at their uh, salary cap uh, restrictions right now. See how, th- if, if they uh, here's that. an interesting one um, that I just saw, I got my eye on Kevin weeks uh, told uh, per Kuzmenko's camp, they're having discussions on contract extension or urgency, but a potential bridge deal 
could land around five to six million AAV situation remains fluid. Well, that's one name taken off the market. But yeah, by the way, you know, you need to get something that it's it's uh has a good chorus, as Sean said. Hold on, David saying New Jersey would be right up there against the cap after giving Timo nine million. And I think everybody's expecting it to be seven and a half to eight. I think it's gonna be eight and a half to nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to remember though, they got they got Tatar as a UFA coming off the books, Eric Holla. Um, so they got some guys coming off where they they could they could easily fit Timo Meyer long term going forward. I don't think yeah. that should be a problem for him. Uh, yeah. So the, I mean, are you going to re-sign Miles Wood? Probably they're going to re-sign Miles Wood. I would say. So you're gonna you're he's gonna command a raise beyond three point two million. I could tell you that right now. By the um, way, this you, is why also, I talk about the economic you're, you're, game all the time. You're also forgetting about Sharon Govich. Is RFA, yeah. Sharon Govich is an RFA, and he's going to command a hefty raise beyond that two million. You're probably looking somewhere in the four to five million range for Sharon Govich. Although it's going to be interesting about Sharon Govich because he's been very disappointing this year. I think he only disappointing this year, but 24 goals and 46 points last year. Yeah. So just remember that you're probably going to pay him for that season, and that's probably going to be around somewhere to four. And, and, and do they do they want to go long term? Do they want to bridge him or do they want to go long term? Don't forget oh, that and RFA. They want Jesper Bratt as an RFA too. Oh, well, I said oh, last. Yeah. So where where are they getting that cap space from? Yeah, or or they're well, getting that cap space Boquist, for insurance. An RFA. In How are they getting Timo Meyer? In? That's gonna be that's gonna be difficult, but they could do it at least to start and then try to trade them. Oh, and then and then you have Damon Severson and Ryan Graves that come off the books, so that's seven million. Yeah, but you have to replace two defensemen. Then you, maybe one of them is replaced by Luke Hughes, but now you're gonna have to replace a top four defenseman with that with that cap space. So again, this is gonna be really tough. I don't think they have the the space hey. to do it. They can also, yeah. I mean, Sharon Govich could also be a guy that could go back the other way to San Jose, which would also help one less guy they have to re-sign in the offseason. Maybe. Maybe, but I, I think they would want to keep Sharon Govich. He's young. Well, they got to somebody. I, I still think they should have tried locking up Brat long-term last year. Him or Holtz, they would have to Holtz, send someone. Holtz, I think, would absolutely be in that deal for Meyer. Yeah. I think – I think there's no way a deal gets done without Holtz being in that team. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. What about not Sharon included is another story. I think Luke Hughes is going to be off the table completely. They're not going to touch Luke Hughes. And New Jersey will walk away if that's that's San Jose's ask. But mm-hmm. well, and there we go. So. All right, everybody. We got games that we gotta go watch. All of us. I mean, we got the Islanders and the Senators. And who, by the way, Anthony, I did bet on the Islanders. I think they're getting a goal and a half tonight, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, wow, that's that's amazing. Then and but the, they're not really a big payout though with that, so it's a little bit hard to believe. But everybody, once again, thank you very much for watching us. Uh, as you have been, you've been growing. Thank you. So can't say that enough. And of course. Uh, make sure you like, share us with everybody, and subscribe if you haven't. If you're still listening, we thank you. If you like it, what you heard, please subscribe. And if you didn't like, thanks for listening to us anyway. Also, so, um, Anthony, what's your prediction on the Islanders tonight? I don't even know where to start. They're too unpredictable right now. I'm going to pass on that. 
Oh my God. I, I think you need a hug. Like really bad right now. Phil, what do you think about the Rangers? What's your prediction tonight? Um, I'm going to say a 3-2 win. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much. Stay tuned for a mark on the road. We'll have other segments of this coming along. And have a good night.